Hello, hi and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. We have talked a lot on these Bullet Points episodes about the trend of overconsumption, but this time around, in an attempt to break the cycle of fast fashion and my own shopping habits, I have tried something new and I wanted to tell you about it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so I mentioned this in the Bullet Points episode a few weeks ago when we talked about the ways in which you could realistically approach a no-buy and that I was going to try selling some of my clothes on Vinted. And I remember when I put that episode together, I sort of very flippantly at the end sort of said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to put some stuff on Vinted. I didn't really know what that looked like. I didn't really know how easy it was going to be. But I said it because I thought, well, if I say it to you guys, then I will have to be accountable and finally see it through. Um, Vinted, for those of you who don't know, is an online marketplace where you can buy, sell and exchange new or secondhand items. And clothes, particularly women's clothes and children's clothes, actually, are by far the most popular categories on the platform. Now, as much as I said I was going to start selling my unwanted clothes on Vinted, I have also tried this in the past with eBay. And to be honest, it was a bit of a hassle. In fact, I remember I went through a really good phase of selling clothes on eBay probably about 15 years ago. And then all of a sudden, it seemed as though the marketplace itself changed in tone. And I remember... I had bought this dress and I probably used like some sort of discount or got it in a sample sale. And it was probably like a £150 dress with these little Diamante piping on the sleeve. And I think the person who bought it bought it for under £5. It was an incredible bargain. But there was a Diamante missing. And so they gave me a negative review. And so I went back and said, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see it. But, you know, it's a, it's a secondhand dress. So I thought it was good. And they just cut and pasted what I wrote. And then look at the... Anyway, it just felt like it became hard work and people were trying to get a lot more for their money. And then I saw other reviews and I read other things and people were saying, oh, eBay's changed. So I thought, well, I won't, I won't get involved in that. Anyway, that's the side note. So after I said I was going to start selling on Vinted, I didn't because I had this sort of lingering memory of, oh, eBay was a bit of a pain and I'm really late to the Vinted game, so it's probably all going to be awful now. But I did put a pile of clothes, well, I say a pile, I hung them all up, I put them in a little section in the wardrobe in the office, and I thought, well, I'll get those out and I'll take pictures of those. But I didn't take pictures of them for a couple of weeks. It took me a couple of weeks to actually think, okay, I'm going to do this now. So... I had about 23 things, I think, that I shot on a tall camera tripod against a white wall. And genuinely, I was stunned at how easy it was to upload the pictures and get a listing live. I mean, seriously, I think the first one took me about two minutes and I assumed I must have done something wrong. It was so, so easy. So, so easy. And even more surprising was how quickly things started to sell. So before I knew, even knew, I was folding packaging and labelling up parcels by the armful. Now, this clearly could 
begin to sound like an advert for vintage which it is not but i just wanted to say i how impressive it was to use the the ease of which it is to just get on it um and i will continue to use it until i no longer need to and this is sort of my point and a few weeks ago in an episode that you're yet to hear with trini woodall i was saying to her how i wanted her guidance on how to stop buying clothes because for many years i couldn't really enjoy fashion um, and not even fashion, because let's face it, I'm not a fashionable person, but just dressing in a way that I wanted to, because I didn't quite fit the high street measurements and the sizing. As a bottom-heavy hourglass, things were always just a little bit too tight on the crotch, snug around the waist, or unforgiving in the area in between. Yet now, I find much less, fr- much less friction and obstruction when shopping, which means I can think something suits me when in actual fact it just does up when I wasn't expecting it to. And the two are very, very different things. And I was explaining this to Trini... And saying how it meant that I was accumulating in a way I didn't, I wasn't particularly enjoying. And I'm holding on to things that I never actually wear because I think, oh, well, I spent the money on them. I should get some use out of them. Now, if you've watched Trini's social media, you'll know she's also excellent at shopping and creating a bit of a haul. So maybe she wasn't the best person to ask because she is an enabler in that sense, I think. And you can hear that conversation. You can actually hear exactly what she says to me. But after that conversation, I wanted to dial down how much I bought. Or to be more specific to actually be a little bit more questioning about what I what I was buying and why I was buying it. So a case in point, before Christmas, I went into Zara and I bought a pair of jeans and I bought them because of the dopamine high of them fitting. That was one thing. Also, the fact that they looked the way that I wanted them to. But there was also this weird sort of other cog in the decision-making process that I hadn't really observed before where suddenly I felt... I couldn't leave them behind because there would be some sort of negative consequence, a regret from not taking them to the counter and buying them immediately. And so there was this weird seesawing thing that was going on in my mind of, well, if you leave them behind, someone else will get them and then maybe you'll never be able to get them again. But if you take them to the counter, they're yours. And then that won't happen. And so this weird thing. And also my brain had already shown me what it would feel like to walk to the cashier and buy them. So it was almost a done deal and even though it wasn't even though I was still standing in the changing room looking at them thinking they all nice anyway all of this is to say that there's a very weird tangle of emotions that actually completely removes what one you me from the logical process of buying something so the questions you should be asking yourself or I'm definitely going to be asking myself moving forward does it fit in with the rest of my wardrobe can I style with style it with at least three things that I already own? Is it similar to anything else that I have? Is it good quality and will it last? All really, really important questions, but questions I simply do not ask myself in the change room because they take the fun out of it. They somehow dull that dopamine high of just going for it, of doing something that feels quite reckless when you'll get, especially when you're getting a good deal. And I'm a I'm a sucker for buying in the sales and then yeah, just, just sort of just sort of getting a dopamine high from the quantity rather than the quality. So this lack of logical process and how it has impacted my own buying habits was compounded when, after my initial 23-item photo shoot, impromptu photo shoot in the living room, I opened up the underbed storage and I unearthed everything that had been vacuum-packed away. And I started to ruthlessly put them into piles of keep, vintage, and charity shop. Because before I sold, before a single item had even sold, I had realised how this accumulation of stuff, in this case, in this case, clothes, didn't actually mean that I had anything, I could, well, everything that I could possibly want to hand. It it just meant that I had 
sort of slightly imperfect versions of things that were almost what I wanted, but weren't quite what I wanted, which was another thing to unpick. Furthermore, when you start to list items, you realize how little value there is in secondhand clothes. Now, up until this point, and with my little foray into eBay previously, I have been a great advocate of just, if you don't want it, make the space, take it to the charity shop, let somebody else find a home for it and let that let those clothes do some good by um, providing for a charity. But there is so little money in secondhand clothes. And I'm not even talking designer labels here because obviously you can recoup some decent cost there. But I'm talking about high street clothes. The average price on vintage, and we're talking high street, is about two to seven pounds. And I would say it probably skews a lot lower. I've seen things on there for 50p in a pound and one pound 50, but it's a number you simply can't get out of your head when you then start looking at full price items, whether that's in the shop or online, because you immediately jump forward to, well, if I don't wear this and I try to resell it, how much will it be worth? And that is a very useful thing to have in your brain, actually. But there we go. And my approach with Vinted has been to list items quite low because I'm not interested in bartering with people. It's like, this is this is a good deal. If you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. And I remember Nicola from This Girl Can Organise. When I said this to her once when she came on the podcast, saying, yeah, but I've spent all this money on it and I should really get something back. And she said, you've spent the money. It's gone. You've already done it. So just like, it's gone. Don't think about it like that. And which has been quite useful. But one thing it has made me realise really, really profoundly, actually, is that my love affair with free people is over, completely over. So free people is a brand that I probably fell in love with about five years ago. And I fell in love with it because it was somehow this sort of slightly boho, slightly ethereal, slightly the kind of thing that the interesting girl would have worn at school (laughs) because it had been handed down or belonged to some extravagant, uh, mysterious cousin or other. That that was what free people sort of looked to me to be. It was kind of that mix of Liv Tyler and Kate Hudson from when I was young, that sort of hippie vibe. And so I just became completely obsessed with free people and they did a great, they do a great, uh, (laughs) they do loads of great bralettes and I have many, many, many of them anyway. But in going through my wardrobe, I have realized that I have bought so many things from free people that I've got so excited about, I've agonized about whether to buy them because they're not, free people is not an inexpensive brand. And yet when I was ruthlessly putting those piles together, I realized that so much free people was going on it because a lot of it isn't very well made. A lot of it is quite cheap. A lot of it is, doesn't wash very well. And so you can only get two pounds for an item from free people and even though even though there's something about the brand that really does appeal to me by going through I think I must have listed about 20 things from free people like bodysuits and t-shirts and all these sorts of things I just realized that I simply cannot spend my money full price on free people ever again and they don't really do the sales aren't that fabulous anyway so that was the, <laughs> I do think that's quite useful now as with every brand particularly high street brands there are some where the quality varies within the label and like there are still some things like free people do incredible jeans they do some quite good knitwear but in the main those sort of dopamine high purchases that I've definitely had stacked up of like the t-shirt that I'd buy between appointments because I had time to kill or the bralette that was like the bralette I already had 
in a color that I hadn't seen before. Those little things I realized just that they have no space. They're a waste of money. The dopamine high doesn't last very long. And the resale, if you do want to get rid of them, is barely anything. So <laughs> if you've known me for a while, if you've been following me for a while, you know that me saying that my love affair with free people is over is a huge, huge deal. But it is. It is the end of us. I will still potentially buy maybe jackets or actually I won't because you know what the other thing I've realized is their arms are so long. If you actually go onto the Free People website, I think that Free People is designed for sort of people in their early 20s, but it's also designed for people who are five foot ten because the arms on everything are just so long. I've already sold a, a jumpsuit that I had wanted for years and then just looked terrible on me because I'm only five foot four. I sort of jumpsuit on there and there's also an amazing denim jacket that I bought from there but the arms are just too long and I would rather pass it on than get it tailored because actually I don't think it would tailor very well anyway it, it's over although I will always keep my eye out for you know that one that one item that might be surprising and delightful anyway and also I just want to say this just as I've been saying that an email has come in from free people their marketing email and so I've just as we've been having that conversation I've just unsubscribed so this really is the end of the relationship anyway the other thing is that um I have decided to remove the ASOS app from my phone now this again is huge because that has been my main supplier of clothes for about 10 years it's an online shop has so many brands on it and I would say that 90% of the clothes that I buy are from ASOS but when I open it now and I always I tend not to buy full price I'm somebody who's I'm quite canny like that I get a discount code or I wait for something to go into the sale but when I open the app now all I see are clothes listed that look like a bargain that I look at and I think I'll be putting that on Vinted in a year's time for two pounds so what is the point so it has already put that friction a delightful friction between me and and sort of looking for that little dopamine high of that thing of oh I'll order it and then well it'll be next day delivery so that'll be so exciting waiting for it to come tomorrow I've just decided that's not worth it and then the other thing is that it's also felt really amazing to make space a wardrobe clear out is a mental clear out if you ask me and to strip back my closet to the basics and by basics I mean the things that I will wear over and over again have worn over and over again and enjoy wearing I no longer feel a sense of what can I wear or a sort of uncomfortable decision making when I'm getting dressed in the morning it's just become a lot easier now the other thing it's made me do is it's made me think about how I want to dress moving forward because as a part of me that will always be drawn to that idea of being boho chic, a rock tea in jeans. But realistically, I don't think that's how I want to present myself anymore. I don't think it comes off as cool. I don't know. Maybe I've matured out of it. <laughs> so making this space has made me think a little bit more about tailoring, about a more presentable silhouette and aesthetic. I've got a hankering to find a really well-cut three-piece suit that I can dress up or dress down and trousers, not jeans, that I can do the same with. I'm just feeling really quite drawn towards something a little bit sharper than my usual jeans, band tee and my fit-flop rallies. I love my fit-flop rallies. This is something that we need to address. Well, I don't think it's for the podcast, but I either live in fit-flop rallies or Adidas or heels but I can I I cannot walk in heels anymore because I didn't for two years during COVID. And so I will only wear high heels if I know that I'm gonna get a car there and back. But I need to find a shoe that I can wear that's comfortable to walk in 
that isn't a trainer because I, I'm too short to pull that off all the time. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole other conversation. But if you've got any tips, please do email me. So I have enjoyed my era of jeans and trainers and band tees, but that does feel like a weekend vibe now. And I'm ready to embrace a slightly more sophisticated version of myself. And it's all thanks to making this space. But what I do know, what I do know, and what I hope will be true moving forward, is that there won't be any more impulse buying. I'll try to get my dopamine hits elsewhere in healthy and responsible ways. But one thing is very pleasing, and that is not to be contributing to that cycle of fast fashion anymore. Even though I always thought that I was quite canny with it, I wasn't really because I was still contributing to it. I was still buying new and it does feel quite good to have put some clothes back into the, into the ecosystem, I suppose. And hopefully they will enjoy second and third lives elsewhere and people will not only enjoy them, but they they will get great wear out of them and will feel great for having bought them and we'll think that they got a bargain. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? So if you have been thinking about a wardrobe clear out, or if you have been thinking about putting your clothes out back out into the world so that they can enjoy another life I highly highly recommend it because I have been really enjoying it I haven't really loved the admin of <laughs> some of the packaging and different delivery services but that doesn't matter it's that's only a small small part of it the bigger picture is not contributing to that fast fashion anymore and to not buy unnecessary things and to actually have done this and to have this new perspective on how I want to buy and what I want to buy. And that is very pleasing. So it'll be few, I think it'll be fewer purchases, but um, things that will really last. Or oh, that's what I'm hoping. But if you have been here, you know where I'm going to say we need to go for this. Go to the Facebook group, come and join me. Let me know what you've done. Give me any tips on how to get the most out of vintage or share tips for other people on how to get the most out of vintage, whether you're buying or selling or any other resale sites. It doesn't have to be vintage. And come over and have a conversation in the Facebook group. If you've done it and if you had any similar insights or it made you look at your wardrobe differently, please let me know. The link to join the Facebook group is in the show notes, but you can also email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter or I'm at Emma Guns. But obviously, if you want to chat to me and the many other thousands of listeners of this podcast, then the Facebook group is the best place to start those conversations. And more of you have been doing that recently. So thank you so much. It's really lovely to see those conversations and to join in and to hear your thoughts on the show as well. So thank you so much for listening. I'm off to do another trip to the... <laughs> the post office with my goodies for all these lovely people who have got some in the main very well-priced free people stuff to enjoy and um, i will see you on the next one bye